from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, and it's finally over in Dallas. I think the last minute of that game took about a half an hour. The 49ers escape with the win, 23-17, to in a very bizarre final minute of that contest as the Dallas Cowboys' Dak Prescott ran the ball with no timeouts, a quarterback draw. He slid down in San Francisco territory. I want to say it was around the 30 or the 35-yard line. They tried to get back up and clock the ball and the clock hit zeros. It looked like there might be one second left, time for a Hail Mary shot, but they ruled that the clock did go to triple zeros and San Francisco will advance. We are lucky enough now to be joined by our friend Rob Pozzola. He's a professional sports better and the COO at BetStamp. He's also the host of the Circles Off podcast and you can follow him on Twitter at Rob Pozzola. You can also see his name up there, Bobby Pizza. I love that one, Rob. Thank you very much for joining us today. And boy, I know you told me before we came on here, you're a Cowboys fan at heart, but you're carrying a lot of futures tickets on the Niners. That must have been a real sweat for you down the uh, down the stretch there in a very bizarre finish. Very conflicting feelings for me all game long because San Fran was going up early. I didn't really know how to feel about it. And I guess that's just like, the nature of being a better, sometimes rooting for an outcome that's against your favorite team. Uh, but yeah, that was like an incredible game. And the ending is just, uh, I, I mean, you, neither coach seemed to really want to win that game down the stretch. Very conservative approaches by both of them, uh, compounded by that final weird play call, which I actually don't hate. But if you're going to run that draw play at the end of the game there, I think Dak Prescott's got to get up right away, hand the ball over to the referee and have him spot the ball rather than trying to put it down on the ground because the ref has to touch it before bringing it into play. So uh, pretty crazy stuff overall. I'm still not even sure how I feel about it. I mean, I'm a little bit disappointed as a Cowboys fan, but uh, go Niners, I guess, going forward. Well, and so, Rob, what can you take away from San Francisco now moving on next week to the, the divisional round? Is there a sloppy game? Definitely a really sloppy game from the Cowboys' perspective with the the amount of uh, penalties that they had in this game, 15, 16 penalties on both sides, really kind of a sloppy game from that standpoint, as well as some questionable decisions from the coaches on each sideline. But now with San Francisco moving on, there's some injuries here. We got to see how Bosa comes back. He's going to be in concussion protocol as well as Fred Warner went down in this game too. What can you take away from this game with San Francisco moving on to next week in the divisional round? 
Yeah, definitely the injuries are huge because I think when healthy, San Fran poses a bad matchup for pretty much anyone in the league because they have this power running game, can keep an opposing quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers off the field for a long stretch of time. And on top of that, they're very good at generating pressure with their front four. They don't have to blitz a whole lot in order to be able to do so. Uh, you saw them throw out some like all-out blitzes late on in the game today, especially on that fourth down where Dak chucked it up to Cedric Wilson. So, uh, I mean, the joke, the uh, the Bosa injury is a huge one overall, and we're going to have to monitor that. I still think that they can give the Packers a fight, but it should be noted how big of an advantage the bye week is in the NFL playoffs. Obviously, two teams used to get the bye. Now it's only one. Historically speaking, it's been very difficult for teams to win on the road against these teams that have had, had a bye week in the playoffs. And San Fran is coming off a couple of grueling games in a row when you consider needing the Rams, uh, beating the Rams in overtime last week, plus this game coming down to the wire. So you've got to wonder if they're going to be spent going into that game. If healthy, though, I think they can give any team a run in the league. So we'll have to see what the injury report looks like uh, for next week. But uh, yeah, certainly I think the market is going to react very quickly to whether or not Bosa plays. Uh, Bosa, we did get a report on our show prior from a, a doctor. They have not great. I have not heard a grade on the severity of the concussion yet, but he seemed positive that maybe Bosa would have a good chance to play next week. Now, Fred Warner, we haven't heard anything on his status. He was really writhing in pain when he went down with that injury, but we saw him kind of bouncing around on the sidelines playing cheerleader with his teammates, and he certainly didn't look that worse for the wear at that point. We'll have to see where those reports come out. Absolutely two of the best defensive players in the league, let alone on the San Francisco team. It would be a huge loss if they cannot play at Green Bay. Rob, let's talk about uh, one more game left for Sunday here as a part of the wild card weekend, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. This did get up to 13, and that's the consensus number here in Las Vegas. But here at Circus Sports, still a 12 and a half. Also, our friends at the Westgate Superbook still hanging a 12 and a half. And we've kind of heard this storyline all week. If it gets to 13, the wise guys are going to jump in and try and stomach the underdog here. What about you? How do you think this game? I mean, we have seen, Rob, you probably know this. When we get to the wild card round, it's in the high 80 percentile, 88, 89 percent of the time the team that covers the spread wins the game outright that's happened in all four games so far we've seen this weekend now can Pittsburgh pull off the trick and can Terry uh, continue that trend I, I never want to say never in the NFL because I've seen all sorts of things happen throughout my lifetime with big underdogs winning we see it every year so I don't want to rule the Steelers out completely I do think it's a very difficult matchup for them overall I mean we go back to three weeks ago when these teams play the Kansas City Chiefs closed a 10.5-point favorite at home in that game. That was without Travis Kelsey. Now you have to accommodate or account for extra home field advantage for the Chiefs here in a playoff game. Kelsey back on the field. And you also have to account for the fact that they blew the Steelers out in that first game that they played. The Pittsburgh Steelers only averaged 4.4 yards per play in that game. That is an incredibly low number considering that they trailed for the entirety of that game as well. So... I think it's going to be very difficult for Pittsburgh to hang around in this game. I'm not running to bet Kansas City at this price. I think it's a steep price. I think it's kind of just like the fair price that we're seeing right now. But if Pittsburgh is going to win this game, they probably have to be, I would say, at least plus two, maybe plus three in the turnover margin. The Chiefs have had some of those games this year where they turned the ball over quite a bit, mostly early on in the season. But if they can get some defensive pressure, that will give them a chance 
Uh, I mean, if I was looking to play the Chiefs, I'd be looking for a first half line more so than anything, because typically speaking, Pittsburgh has been a big second half team this year. They tend to trail by quite a bit and then mount comebacks later on in games. Uh, but I don't really have a position on the side or total in this one tonight. Rob, so you talk about that first half line. I'm looking at it. Kansas City favored by seven and a half. So you're getting that hook if you're like the Steelers uh, plus that seven or uh, that key number. The total is 23 and a half. Now, we know the last time they played a few weeks back, Pittsburgh was shut out in that first half. Where do you see as far how do you feel about this total? Because I'm feeling like this offensive line, young offensive line, some injuries up front for Pittsburgh as well. And I feel like this is going to be a struggle for this team to go into Arrowhead Sunday night. We know it's going to be loud and raucous there. Are you leaning more towards one way or the other with this total? Because I'm kind of leaning towards the under here. I'm leaning towards under as well for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. But we get into a very tricky dynamic here because Kansas City blew out Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. We all saw that. Kansas City is going to employ very likely a very similar game plan. Pittsburgh might pull out all the stops here where they do something completely different that is a little bit more unpredictable. And I think that, you know, the variance is working in their favor and that they might be able to pull some stuff out that surprises Kansas City. Now, with that said, one of the biggest mismatches this entire Super Wildcard weekend, in my opinion, is the Chiefs defensive line against the Steelers offensive line. The Steelers can't pass protect. They're not even a great run-blocking offensive line, and they'll try to feed Najee Harris as much as possible. But that Chiefs defensive line, ever since they moved Chris Jones to the interior and just started moving him around on the defensive line over the course of the year, they've really been able to generate a ton more pressure. So uh, I just don't know how the Pittsburgh's able to overcome that. I don't see Ben having a lot of time in the pocket tonight. Rob, let's move to Monday night, and uh, James and I are both very intrigued by this matchup, and it's uh, very similar to what we saw on Saturday night in Buffalo, a triple play here, or the triple header, if you will, between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. They have each beaten the other team on the other team's home field, and Arizona, really their comfort zone, has been on the road this season, and that's where they'll be at SoFi Stadium on Monday night, currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Do you have a position on this one as far as the side or the total? I do. A very small position. If this was a regular season, I probably wouldn't have ended up on the game whatsoever, but I actually like the under a little bit at 49-and-a-half. A part of it is that, these teams still move the ball pretty well between the 20s, but if you look at the Cardinals ever since DeAndre Hopkins went down, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, DeAndre Hopkins, he wasn't having a great year for my fantasy team or whatever. He draws a lot of coverage in the red zone, and the Cardinals just don't have a lot of guys that are being are able to beat coverage right now. So you look at what the Cardinals' rate was of scoring touchdowns in the red zone when he was in the lineup, it was 60%. Since he's been out, it's dropped down to 44%. They just haven't been able to punch the ball in. On the other side of things, the same thing with the Rams. They just are very inconsistent offensively. Obviously, they're plagued by turnovers a little bit. But what I kind of like here is J.J. Watt coming back to the Arizona Cardinals defense. I don't know the impact he is going to have. I think it's just an added bonus if he's able to play at least half the snaps in this game because he will really shore up the run defense, which has completely fallen off a cliff since he got injured earlier on in the year. If you look at what the Arizona Cardinals numbers were this season with him on defense, it's not like they actually played an easy schedule of opponents either. They had some tough games filtered in there with the Vikings and the Titans and the 49ers or the Seahawks offense early on in the year as well. Um, so getting him back on the field, I think, is just a, a very important added element for, for them. I mean, I made this total roughly around 48 and a half. It's not a huge edge, uh, but I do lean to the under there. I played the under personally. And just on top of that, we should note, and this is probably been talked about ad nauseum, but quarterbacks making their first career playoff start, 
typically really underperform against their average metrics. We've actually seen it a lot so far in these playoffs as well. Uh, Mac Jones uh, yesterday, Jalen Hurts today. Uh, even Burrow and Carr didn't like light it on fire in their first starts either. We got Kyler Murray in that same situation tomorrow. Um, so I think you could see some, you know, some early struggles for Kyler Murray in that game. Rob, terrific stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, my friend, I'm sure we'll hear you on VEASAN throughout uh, the playoffs here as the NFL rolls on into its postseason. Enjoy the games, my friend, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Good luck with your bets, guys. All right. That is Rob Pozzola. Bobby Pizza, you can find him on Twitter, at Rob Pozzola. And uh, you and I were talking about Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, their first playoff game. Rob just brought up a good point there. Typically underperforming. Absolutely. I just think for going into this matchup, though, my biggest concern is those safety for the Rams not being available back up to bringing Weddle off out of retirement to have to go perform tomorrow night. All right. Pittsburgh and KC coming up. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker now available at vcin.com for you to keep up with the key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get your current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game. It's all at vcin.com slash NFL. James, they're getting ready to kick off at Arrowhead Stadium, and the activity here in the market, The uh, my, my uh, screen looks like a Christmas tree with a lot of red and green and yellow, and uh, our friends down at BetMGM have moved this number all the way down to 11.5. They're really... Are no more 13s left in the market here. So the uh, late money at the window, and we can see it right behind us. A lot of people waiting in line there at the window at Circa Sports. Circa currently at a flat 12 in favor of Kansas City. But are you a little surprised to see the influx of Pittsburgh money coming in? Well, thinking about where these the the spreads have been, the spreads really haven't played a factor into these yeah. games, right? Winning outright, and I think you're getting a big number. And this is the the only double digit favorite this weekend through the wild card weekend. And I, and I think here, this feeling like, all right, can Kansas City duplicate 
the same game dominant performance that they had a few weeks back when they they led 23 to nothing at the half and completely from start to finish just dominated that football game just garbage points in that second half coming from Pittsburgh being behind so much but yeah I mean that we were leaning that way I didn't play it I don't have a position on this game as of yet but that was the way I was leaning was taking the number but it was more so taking the number as opposed to playing the team well, they have kicked off, and the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger will go on offense first, and I don't know if that's exactly what you want uh, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers backer. You might rather have that ball uh, to start the second half and see if you can force Kansas City into a three and out, but nevertheless, they will start with the ball on offense first. They're at Arrowhead Stadium. The consensus number, they close as 12.5-point underdogs with a total of 46.5. And, And James, you talked about the game just a few weeks ago against Kansas City when they won that 36-10. And you wouldn't necessarily think they'd be able to repeat that effort again. And maybe that's reason to take the big number of points here with the underdog. However, We saw the Buffalo Bills beat up on the New England Patriots win that game by 11 points a few weeks ago, and we kind of all expected, okay, round three, divisional matchup, this one's not going to get carried away. That game got ugly in a hurry, and so the Bills kind of proved that theory wrong, that uh, when you meet a team over a short period of time that things might change from what happened the time prior. We'll see if uh, Pittsburgh can change that tune. Yeah, and I think for Pittsburgh here – Like you said, starting off with the ball first, they have not performed well in the first half all season long, struggling to put points on the board. And now you've got two consecutive runs, nearly not for much of a gain for Pittsburgh. That's going to be the struggle here. I think for Pittsburgh, going to have to – they can't turn the football over. You're not going to be able to to try to play – you're not going to play a shootout here against Kansas City. You don't want to put yourself behind early, especially getting short fields for Patrick Mahomes here in Kansas City. I think it's going to be a conservative game plan. It's got to be a start because not only because it's – Thinking about how they've struggled to score, a lot of that is predicated on the offensive line. The youth that's up there with this front, that that front in the box for Pittsburgh, it's been a struggle all season long to get any kind of consistency offensively here. And now you have, again, Pittsburgh playing behind the sticks, third and 10 incomplete pass from Roethlisberger, three and out for Pittsburgh, having to give the ball back on a punt. And that took all of a minute and a half for Pittsburgh to go three and out. So Patrick Mahomes will start on offense here momentarily for the Chiefs' first drive on offense as they dispose of Pittsburgh pretty quickly here to begin this game. Uh, And now you have your live line, Kansas City, a 13.5-point favorite in the live market. Your total ticks up to 47.5. Let's talk about what we saw on Saturday here for a moment, James, and that was the Las Vegas Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati closed as six-point favorites with a total of 48.5. The game stays under the total, and the Cincinnati Bengals advance to the divisional round and cover the number 26-19, to your final. Uh, this game came all the way down to the very last play of the game, a fourth and goal for Derek Carr and company. He throws into the end zone, kind of forces it in there into coverage. It was intercepted, and that ended the game and got the victory for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I think Raider fans here in Las Vegas, kind of the, the mood I have been feeling around town today is – Maybe this team exceeded expectations a little bit. They they have gotten through so much this year. Rich Basaccia, what an amazing job he did as the interim head coach. And for them to get to that point in that ball game, they certainly didn't get blown out. There was the controversial call. They played a pretty decent game and and in the end had a pretty decent season that I think Raider fans are fairly proud of. 
Absolutely. Coming back from all the off-field issues you had, coach being fired, some of the uh, things that untragic, the tragic situations that we saw with rugs, um, a number of other player, <laughs> some issues off the field with players too, just serve as distractions. So yeah, if there was ever a team that you want to say this team truly faced adversity this season, all season long, really for the Raiders, they would be the, the poster child for that. And I think for them to be able to get where they went and get to this first round, it was you know, I was on the Raiders yesterday plus the six, but it did. It came down to the last play inside that first and goal, yeah. roughly around inside the 10 yard line. So you give yourself an opportunity there, especially as the dog side. I think the Raiders, plenty to be proud of moving forward into next season. Now, a lot of question marks going to be had. What's going to happen with the coaching staff, for one? And uh, have to have some, really going to have to be. Can you take from the momentum that they had grinding through this season, especially the second half of the season, to be able to put themselves in position to make the playoffs, winning the game last week against the Chargers, especially in the dramatic fashion that we saw? I think that's what we saw from the Raiders. So many exciting games. Just think of the first game of the season, right? They opened. Oh, the- yeah. God, <laughs> that was I awesome. Know. Right. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of battle-tested and, and some mental toughness that we'll see that can carry over into next year for this Raiders team. But I'm thinking about now – Cincinnati moving on to the divisional round was kind of surprised in that game yesterday and we didn't see more of Joe Mixon being successful on the ground that first matchup back earlier in the season here in Las Vegas when Cincinnati really much but you know in that second half dominated that second half on the ground with Mixon had a big day rushing the football he had 17 carries for just 48 yards I think we saw the weakness the really the to my, in my mind the weakness of the Cincinnati team is on the offensive line not only in pass protection but we saw it in run blocking yesterday too that's going to have. I, I don't know if that's something they're going to be able to turn around come next week because the teams are only going to get tougher as they advance. Yeah, the Raiders did a good job uh, bottling up Joe Mixon. They also really held Joe Burrow down. You recall the last three games of the season, this guy had yep. nearly 1,500 yards passing. They held him to under 250 yards passing on Saturday. Uh, they were not able to stop Jamar Chase, though, who had 116 yards receiving. Derek Carr, he outdid his uh, battery mate there Joe Burrow with Carr getting to 310 passing yards just one touchdown Josh Jacobs 13 attempts for 83 yards on the ground not too bad for a Raiders team that wants to try and establish the run Uh, but like you say they came up just short in the end and you know you and I were talking off air about who is going to be the next Raiders coach I think Basaccia has got to get a look I mean he did and I don't I think he's certainly a pretty big underdog to get the nod and continue on this uh, for this team. Um, but geez, at least keep him on the staff and give this guy an interview for possibly the head man's job because uh, he did a, a terrific work filling in for the uh, departed John Gruden. Yeah, what a tough situation to have to step into to clean all the damage control that needed to be done that he had to do not only off the field, but then keep your team focused and be prepared week in and week out to go and perform, especially closing out the season the way that they did to be able to go. I think of the, the game at Indianapolis. And winning that that game on the road a couple weeks back, that was a game where nobody gave them a shot to win that football game there. They were pretty sizable dogs in that matchup. And to be able to go in, win that football game, to put you in position to make the playoffs, needing that win against the Chargers or a tie, but winning that game outright the way that they did. Uh, yeah, I think he's got to get a look. He's got to get an interview. And what can you take from, from where do the players stand with him? I think that's the other part, too. How much... What, 
talk about players, coach. Well, all those I was types reading on social media that the players have kind of made a push, like, yeah. hey, they bring this guy back. I, I mean, he must have been tremendous in that locker room. Absolutely. You have to be. You have to be to keep that team galvanized and focused through everything that they had to deal with off, off the field and still stay competitive and put yourself in a position to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that he's – they rallied around him, and they rallied around each other. I think we saw a lot of leadership qualities out of a number of players step up through the course of the season. That had It wasn't just on the coaching staff that have to do it. The players have to do that as well, not only on the field, but within that locker room. And I think we've seen that, too, with this team. I think there was, as, yeah, they lost this, you know, out of the season, out of the playoffs, but I think there's plenty to be had. And I think you're going to see some better leadership qualities from certain players, in particular with Derek Carr moving forward. Oh, Derek Carr, incredibly impressive. Uh, his leadership was unparalleled this year. Something like I've never seen out of Derek Carr in seasons past. We talked about how fast the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers went three and out. Well, uh, their defense just turned the trick on Kansas City. Kansas City with a very quick three and out to start this game as well. We're just under 12 minutes left to go in the first quarter. Big Ben throws incomplete there on first down. And Kansas City now a 12 and a half point favorite in the live market. Your total has ticked down, James. Each team with one offensive possession that ended in three and out. And your live total is now at 43 and a half. Big Ben and company facing third down and 10 here, rather second and 10 with under 12 minutes left to go in the first quarter. We'll update you on that and continue as we roll on here on the Pro Football Blitz at VSIN. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. James, we've had uh, about four minutes of football between the Chiefs and the Steelers and already three punts. Uh, the offense has not gone anywhere just yet. Big Ben being very upset with his wide receiver on that last series. They were facing third and ten. The receiver didn't get the update. Ben uh, called an audible there, and the receiver did not run the proper route there, and they were missed. Uh, they missed by about ten yards there when Ben threw the pass, trying to convert there on third and ten. Now Patrick Mahomes has something going here as we finally see a little offense, and they are now out to their own forty-yard line. Ten minutes left in the first quarter. Braden, we talked about this. I wanted to see how is this offensive line going to hold up on the road, not going to be able to hear how are they going to be able to communicate. And we saw on that play that you mentioned with Big Ben being upset with his receiver that he had to go up and make the line check, the adjustment to the the pass blocking scheme. And yeah, communication, would that be an issue going on the road? I think some of those are some of the things, especially in a venue like Arrowhead Oh, that crowd really gets after, and it's a very, it's one of the loudest venues in the NFL. And yes, communication can be a struggle, especially when you're talking about a young offensive line and a lot of young receivers for Pittsburgh. The current price in the market, Kansas City, still a 12 and a half point favorite on the live line, and the total now down to 43 and a half as Mahomes throws incomplete. And now we have another third down, third and six. I mean, so far, James, the Pittsburgh defense has shown up getting some pressure and they were able to get in there and, and force Mahomes to have to get rid of the ball early here. And I think for, for Kansas city, it's going to fall on Patrick Mahomes. This is a team that I think for their running game, it's not something we know with the chiefs that commit to trying to run the ball. They'd ran the ball pretty well the last game against Pittsburgh, but I think so much of the, that a lot of that yardage was due to the fact that they were so far ahead second half, just trying to grind the clock out and get out of there with a win 
here now, another third down for Kansas City. And coming up, and look, good lick there from Pittsburgh. So they're going to get a stop. They're going to get the football back. That's four possessions, Brady, collectively in this game. Uh, where I'm, I'm assuming they're going to punt here. I guess we never know anymore, do we, if these teams are going <laughs> to go Well, Mahomes was uh, calling he for wants uh, the offense to stay on the field, but I, it's going to be, it looks like, about fourth and three, a great tackle there by the Pittsburgh defender. Uh, that was Pringle on the reception for the Kansas City Chiefs, but looks like maybe about fourth and two, fourth and three, uh, and wow. Kansas City is going to indeed elect to punt, and they have now moved to 10.5-point favorites in the live market and James your total now all the way down to 41 and a half and you're right we've got uh, just about six and a half minutes of football gone by and four punts already well a lot of incomplete passes that's the biggest key here Mahomes is two of four Roethlisberger 0 of three so far throwing the football so two straight three and outs for Pittsburgh now they'll get their opportunity to get back on offense here for the third time in only four in what six minutes so we've got uh, a plethora of punts in this game. Uh, the Buffalo Bills had no punts in their game on Saturday night. They hey, they kicked no, I, I don't believe, let's see, I, I'm trying to think of the stat here. They, they had no punts. Um, I was thinking they did not kick a single field goal. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that's correct. I'm thinking about their score, 47, but... Uh, Boy, it was an absolute domination, the Bills and the Patriots. And again, we talked about this round three, the rubber match. And, you know, division rivals here, we expected a tighter game. I didn't necessarily really expect New England to win the game. But uh, I don't know of any, and I knew, we talked about this too, I knew some sharp people that were on the Bills. I teased the Patriots. I thought double digits would would keep me safe here. Um, even those people that I heard say they liked the Bills, I didn't hear anybody say that the Bills were going to crush the Patriots 47-17 to and win this one by 30 points. That was really shocking, James. And, you know, it got going early. Josh Allen got them on the board 7 to nothing, And then Mac Jones on offense was really cruising along, and he threw a great pass to Aguilar in the end zone. It looked like it was going to be a 7-7 ball game, but Micah Hyde with an outstanding interception, and Buffalo goes the other way to make it 14 to nothing. and that was really the beginning of the end. When it was 20 to nothing. I thought New England had one more shot, but they were not able to hold on defense. Uh, they could not account for the passing game, they could not account for the running game, and they couldn't stop Josh Allen either way, on the ground or through the air. No adjustments from... From game two, we think about the Patriots losing at home to Buffalo a few weeks back in the sensational game that Josh Allen had in that. In that game, well, it was an encore performance from Josh Allen. Five touchdown passes last night, 21 out of 25 for over 300 yards passing. He also ran 66 yards on six carries. They had no answer for him. They just could not match up with Josh Allen in this matchup. And I think for for Allen moving forward, I mean, you saw that yesterday. The confidence that he started, the, the confidence that Josh Allen is playing with right now, obviously performed. They did not kick a field goal, Brady. They had seven touchdowns in that game against New England. Complete domination from start to finish for Buffalo. But I think the confidence level that we're seeing Josh Allen, he's still a young player, we know that, but the confidence that building off of last year, making it to the AFC Championship game, losing that game in Kansas City, but I think there was a lot of growth to be to be had from Buffalo and in particular for Josh Allen from that experience throughout the season and the playoff performances last year to carry over and now where does it I mean thinking about Josh Allen moving forward it's such a tough matchup because he's got the great arm he can make all the throws and then he's such a threat with his legs to be able to run the football 
how do you match up with it, regardless of wherever they're, whoever they're going to play in the next round? I just think it's such a tough matchup now, not only what he does physically, but now psychologically, the confidence that he's playing with right now, and his team feeds off of it. Yeah, and, you know, he should have better conditions to play in uh, next week as well. If Kansas City wins this game, then the Buffalo Bills will travel to Arrowhead. Now, it's not going to be 65 degrees likely, but it's also not going to be minus 5 wind chill like it was in Buffalo. And apparently that didn't cause him any problems. But, uh, you know, I thought this game turned for me, James. Uh, It was 20 to nothing. And, by the way, you confirmed no field goals. I remember reading that. It was... It was a historical accomplishment to have not had a single punt in the ballgame and also not be forced into kicking a field goal. That's just how bad it was for the New England Patriots on defense. But I really saw this game getting ugly when it was 20 to nothing in favor of the Buffalo Bills. And New England wasn't out of it yet. It was still early in the game, and they had forced Buffalo into a third and four situation. So third and medium, not third and long, not necessarily third and short, but third and medium, and New England had a chance to maybe get the ball back and get a score on the board because, like I say, in that first series, Mac Jones looked fine, and they were moving the ball on Buffalo. So I thought maybe this was the opportunity. Third and four, they call a designed run for Josh Allen. He fakes out to like a wide receiver screen and then rushes up the middle for about six yards, and it was so easy. And I said, this guy's throwing the ball all over the yard. New England can't stop him through the air. They're rushing the ball. Devin Singletary was rushing the ball. And then just when New England thinks they have it figured out, then Josh Allen does it himself. They, they just no. had no answer for anything Buffalo wanted to do. No, they couldn't adjust. Whatever tried, adjustments they were trying to make from game two to game three here, this playoff game from the New England defensive side with Bill Belichick, just no answers. I don't know if uh, – I think – and he's got some good personnel. It's like they've got a good secondary. I think the lack of the pass rush to be able to get there and put pressure on the quarterback with just four players, I think that was what was really glaring for New England, both in this game last night and that playoff loss and also the loss at home a few weeks back. Just no pressure on Josh Allen and, and not able to contain him. So that, I think that's the key. And for any quarterback, Brady, we know you get pressure on the quarterback and you start to get them out of their element. But right now... There, is there a more confident quarterback playing outside of maybe Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? And sure. Those are Super Bowl. These are Hall of Fame players. We know that. But Josh Allen, aside from those two, is there any other quarterback right now in these playoffs that is playing with more confidence? He, he was really yep. something to watch on Saturday night, as was the entire Buffalo Bills team. And that running game was impressive. That's always been the knock on Buffalo mm-hmm. uh, that they haven't had much of a running game this year. And there's an interception for that Pittsburgh defense. Pittsburgh Steelers just forced to punt and McCole Hardman got a tremendous uh, punt return all the way back into Pittsburgh territory. There's your first turnover of the game and your first break for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did T.J. Watt tip the ball? I think so. I think it was a tip ball, and it was putting pressure. It was. It looked like Mahomes was rolling out, design rollout here, shortening up the field, just giving him half the half the field to make the throw. But coming outside, and it, yeah, I think so. It's looking. It, it was. It Watt got a hand on it and. Was able to tip it up. And the tip drill, interception for Pittsburgh, huge play, huge stop for Pittsburgh to keep them hanging out in this game.
So TJ Watt, his impact is felt early on this game as we are about the six and a half minute mark in the first quarter, still scoreless. And Pittsburgh now on offense with the ball at their own 30 yard line. I think this has been about their best field position of the night here. Big uh, Big Ben and company starting first and 10 on their own 30 yard line. Kansas City, a 10 and a half point favorite in the live market. And your total continues to tick down, James, 39 and a half. I, what you're seeing so far, obviously six minutes left in the first quarter, very early. The live total, is there a way you'd want to go on that one at this point? Well, we were already leaning under to yeah. begin with when it was sitting at 46 and a half, before, when it closed at 46 and a half. The fact now that is where it is, I missed the number, right? Yeah. I missed the number, so I think for me, I'm just going to stay away from it. And now Kansas City down to a nine and a half point favorite in the live market as we go under six minutes left in the first quarter. Big Ben with second and six as we try and get some offense going for both of these teams in the Sunday nighter. We'll be back with more of the Pro Football Blitz in just a moment, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. It's our all new Big Game Big Gantz special, providing VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th. And it's only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. James Salinas and Brady Cannon with you in studio here at the Circus Sportsbook. James, kind enough to make the trip down from Denver, Colorado. And like I said yesterday on the show, we we pick up the pace here. It's a heightened level of excitement for NFL playoff football. So James decided to go ahead and join us here on the scene of the crime at Circus Sports. And James, uh, before we get into some of our best bets, of course, on the Saturday program, we mentioned what our best bets are for the coming Sundays 
uh, or in this case, Saturday and Monday as well for the games coming up. And then on Sunday, we grade them. But first, I wanted to uh, bring this up. You recall our friend we had on the Saturday program, Rick Goslin, formerly of the uh, Dallas Morning News. You can now find him with Sports Illustrated. He's a Hall of Fame voter, a Hall of Fame writer, really been a legend in the uh, NFL writing business for a long, long time. Uh, You can find him on Twitter at Rick Goslin nine. And he tweeted this out earlier today. uh, Of course, uh, mentioning the Cowboys and the 49ers game. There have been 276 games counting playoffs this NFL season. And only four teams were assessed with 14 penalties in a game. And the Cowboys have been that team twice now. Sloppy. I mean, so much. It's preparation. A lot of that is preparation during the week and discipline during the week. What do your practices look like? Because it's it, you you want to you want to play you want to practice like you play, right? You want to practice well so you can perform well come Sunday. And another just a poor performance all the way around. I think for for Dallas, notwithstanding the penalties, but man, just offensively, Dak struggled. Got, was hit, sacked four times, five times, really just never in any kind of rhythm offensively and no running game to speak of either. The inconsistency for this team. You know, they hammer a team like Washington. They they hammer a team like Philadelphia. I know Philadelphia was resting its starters. They play a tremendous game to open the year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then they just get demolished by the Denver Broncos. They lose on Thanksgiving to the Raiders. And then you're right. Today, I thought today was one of their ugliest performances of the season. And you know, James, what we have kind of talked about all season long when people are considering a future bet or what have you on the Dallas Cowboys, everybody always used the double M, Mike McCarthy. What about Mike McCarthy? That's the part that worries me. Yeah, this team looks great. Mike McCarthy, that that was always the the but. What if Mike McCarthy? And, And I think that, you know, to your point, you're talking about preparation and coaching. Maybe that Mike McCarthy just showed up with those all those penalties for Dallas today. Yeah, and and that you, you're putting yourself in that position where you're having that 14 called penalties. A number of them were declined because right. plays right. were made by San Francisco. But when you have that many penalties, you just can't. You you're beating yourself in a sense. And then you're going to go play at a playoff level against a San Francisco team that has plenty of talent defensively, speed to get after the quarterback and. And I think that offensive line, this is not the same offensive line that we've seen from Dallas that we're used to seeing in years past, where that was the strength of that team. And you knew that they were going to run Ezekiel. I'm just thinking of a, a three, four, five years ago where this was a ground and pound type of football team. That's not the same anymore. Now it's let's spread you out. We're going to get back out there and, and try to throw the football around the yard like they did. And looking at Prescott, I mean, 23 out of 43 throwing the football today. A lot of attempts to try to get those, trying to get back some of those penalty yards, but I also think the lack of a rushing game. 21 carries collectively for 77 yards. Take out Dak's yardage here. Right. They had 20 carries for 50 yards rushing the football. Wow. Uh, and we'll see if Nick Bose is back for San Francisco, a big part of that run defense, as, lo- as well as Fred Warner. Uh, at middle linebacker for San Francisco. And I thought it was interesting. You talked about the offensive line. I heard this on the broadcast. Um, we know typically you look at the names and the talent of these players across the offensive line for Dallas. It's a great group. Today, today's game, they were all healthy. They had, they had all their weapons on the offensive line, but it was only the second time this season that all five of those guys had played together. And, and you talk about chemistry. I know you handicapped this way quite a bit. And I, I didn't really know that coming into this game, but only the second time that o- that offensive line had operated uh, in the same game this year. So maybe, maybe that was part of the problem. 
that can be. And you think about offensive linemen, these guys want to get out there and knock people down. They're not constantly having to get back and get in their sets, and they're dropping back on their heels in pass protection. Sometimes that takes away that aggressive nature that you have as a, as a whether you're an offensive lineman and collectively as a unit, because we saw that a few years ago years ago when Ezekiel Elliott was having such a great – those great couple of years where he was rushing the football, and that was such a tough tough uh, running game to stop. But oh, so yeah. much of that was the consistency of, of committing to running the football. And I think you take that aggressive nature out of your team when you're constantly having your guys have to get on their heels. Because it wasn't like San Francisco was trailing or, or uh, was had big leads in this game. I mean, it wasn't like Dallas could get away from the running game because they were so far behind – early. I mean, yeah, they were down at halftime, but it was never felt like, well, San Francisco is a one-way street here, so we got to abandon any kind of a running game and let Dak throw it. I think it's just the lack of, of trying to rush the football consistently, consistently and having that mindset as an offense that we are going to be the power. That's what I wanted to see in this game, Brady, and that's where, you know, that's where I, I, my big play was betting this game under because I really thought that defensively for San Francisco, they were going to have an edge in this matchup in the trenches as well as running the football from the offensive line standpoint. And I think you see that with San Francisco. They commit to rushing the football. A lot of it, too, I think is because I don't know if Shanahan really trusts Garoppolo to continue to step back and throw. When he had to make some throws today, didn't perform so well. Well, late in the game, certainly, it started to almost unravel completely for the San Francisco 49ers, but they do hang on. Patrick Mahomes completes a pass on third and 11. That's about the first sign of offense we've seen out of this game. Uh, There have been five punts so far between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs, but Kansas City putting a little something together right now. They're at about midfield facing second and 10. Let's get to our best bets, James. Uh, I split. I won one and lost one. I had two two-team six-point teasers. One was a a six-and-a-half-point teaser. Didn't matter. Patriots uh, didn't come close to covering ten-and-a-half as they lose by 30. Uh, The other leg of that teaser was the Cardinals catching ten-and-a-half. Obviously, that game has not been played just yet, but I do cash with the Buccaneers taking them down to minus two-and-a-half and the Raiders up to 12. So one in the win column there. Uh, Well, and thinking about the Bucs today for that Buccaneers side, I mean, didn't need a teaser for that one today. What a one-way street from Tampa Bay from start to finish against Philadelphia. And I think for Philadelphia, not a lot of expectations for the Eagles coming in. Didn't think from the start of the season, I don't think anybody, at least I didn't, Brady thinking that Philadelphia was going to be in this position to be in the playoffs. Thought it was a team in transition, especially seeing what they had at the quarterback position and what was he going to see out of Hurts. And Hurts really struggled today, but... I think to that standpoint there, you think back to the Raiders, the other part of your teaser leg with with Las Vegas and being able to come down and, and stay competitive within that game. Felt like it was going to be a one-score game. That was one of my best bets was taking the Raiders plus the six. And I think anytime you're on the dog side and you have an opportunity to, to win or at least tie late in the game, you're down, you know, what was the first and goal with – yeah, 20, 30-some seconds left. Yeah, I thought they were going to tie the game. I did, too. I did, too. And and credit to Cincinnati making that stop there. But uh, I think now where do you go with your best bets going forward, thinking about especially how Tampa Bay played today. I mean, it was a, a dominant performance on both sides of the football. Yeah, you, of course, had the Raiders plus six. That was a pretty tough loss there as they throw an interception on fourth and goal. And now Kansas City forced to punt again. Now six punts in this ball game between Pittsburgh and Kansas City. And I'll say Pittsburgh's defense is playing pretty well. I don't really know if the Kansas City defense is playing that great. The Pittsburgh offense hasn't <laughs> been able to do much of anything. In the live market, the Kansas City Chiefs now a nine-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, your total is currently not up on the board. I imagine that's 
uh, down in the range of 36 and a half or so at this point. Um, so a tough one for you on the Raiders. The Eagles, you had plus five and a half in the first half. And, and like you said, that uh, especially the first three quarters of that game, James, the, the Eagles were a complete no-show. And, uh, you know, I, I want to ask you about that game going forward with Tampa Bay. Uh, do they look like a team that can repeat as Super Bowl champs? Because in the fourth quarter, I thought that defense got a little sloppy. And I don't know if they were just taking their foot off the gas or what. And, and probably. I mean, you got such a big lead. And, and thinking that there were a number of players coming back for this defense that hadn't played for a while. Yeah. And I think that defensive line, there's not a lot of depth there. So you start to see this team, even though they were completely dominant to from for those first three quarters, start to pull some guys out, needing to know that you have to have some reps going into next week because you do have to manage. Uh, I, I think you have to manage some of these injuries. You think about uh, the linebacker position coming out today. Where were they going to be? I mean, the, great performance from Tampa Bay, but I think the lack of depth when they start to get deeper into the playoffs is going to is going to show up for that defense. Yeah, uh, Levante David, we uh, talked about him making his return. He looked very good. Um, And, you know, it was last year that Tampa Bay's defense all of a sudden kind of started to peak at the right time. We'll see if they can do that again. James also won his bet on under the passing yards total for Jimmy Garoppolo, under 252. That one cashes. We'll come back with more in just a moment, speaking with Lou Finicaro next on the Pro Football Blitz. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 